Welcome to Ride with Fat Boy Spike, the podcast. I'm your host, Fat Boy Spike. Today I want to get into a little NBA. I know I talked about Ben Simmons a little bit on one of my previous podcasts, but I done heard some things like about Ben Simmons that just made me wonder, like, what do the Sixers, you know, really want to do with him? Because you hear the talk about they really want to keep him and they think he's a good player, a great player. They feel like they can now win with him and all that different stuff. And then you start hearing rumors going around that they looking for the best trade option for him. And that's understandable. You know, you, you, you want to get the right value for who you trade and, you know, make sure you don't take anything for your players and you know, you got to do what's best for the team, and I get that, and that's why I, I never have a problem with that, and that's why I don't have a problem when players ask for a trade because they got to do what's best for them. But what I had been hearing, though, was um, Billy is waiting on either Bradley Beal to come available, Diamond Lillard to come available, and I still personally don't know why they haven't asked about Kyrie Irving because only problem Kyrie Irving has, the reason why he's not playing is because of the vaccine and Philly don't have a vaccine mandate. So maybe Kyrie Irving missed what, two games, four games in New York and four games in California and in, in, in LA. So maybe he missed somewhere between eight to ten games. But I think it's two in Golden State. They might play two games, one or two games in Golden State, something like this. So maybe he missed somewhere between eight and ten games. Me personally, I don't think that's a bad number of games for a guy like Kyrie to miss because he was probably going to miss that many games to begin with. So if you look at it from that point of view, if I'm feeling I'm looking at, I'm calling Brooklyn, and I, and I don't know if they already have, and, and one of them, if one of them made the call and the other one turned one down, I don't know, I'm just, you know, stating my opinion right now. If I'm feeling, I'm calling Brooklyn, because Kyrie Irving is exactly what the Philadelphia 76ers need. A guy who can score, who will shoot the ball, and who's not afraid of the big moment. And Ben Simmons is exactly what Brooklyn need. A big guard who can guard one through four. A damn good defender. Possibly one day become defensive player of the year. And they got two players who can score. We're going to get on Giants Harden in a minute. But they got two players who can score right now. So you get a player that's known for his defense. That can take the best player on the other team and lock them down. You know, ain't nobody gonna stop nobody from scoring, but you can make it hard on them, and that's what Ben Simmons is do. So if you take a player like that and put him with Brooklyn, and take a player like Kyrie and put him with Philly, you know, I know neither team want to make the other team better, but it's best for both teams in my opinion. So that's a trade that I don't understand why they wouldn't go out and look at. Now with the Bradley Beal situation. Don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Bradley Beal, but I always wonder, like, 
how come certain players got the ranking that they got? Like, what is it about Bradley Beal that makes you feel like he your missing piece? Because Bradley Beal had to come in there, and I think he'll be your number two. I think Bradley Beal will be your number two. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I'm a fan, and I would never sit here and say Bradley Beal is not a good player. Because if I was to say that, I would be lying. Bradley Beal is a damn good player. It's just Bradley Beal is one of those players who gets injured a lot. And then Bradley Beal is one of those players who is not that efficient. Like, it takes a lot of, of shots from Bradley Beal um, to, for him to get his points. So... I'm looking at that like, you know, and, and Philly, the ball kind of gets spreaded around. You know, Joel get his shots. Seth Curry get his shots. Tobias Harry get his shots. Even Tyrese Maxey get his shots. And maybe he'll come off the bench. I don't know. But we know Bradley Bill will be starting. But we're going to take this one game from, you know, last night when Washington beat the Boston Celtics, which... I picked Washington to win that game. But Bradley Beal was 12 or 32. He scored 36 points. But it took him 32 shots to get there. Now, the one good thing that he did, something that they can't get Ben Simmons to do, is he made all nine of his free throws. And we all know how terrible a free throw shooter Ben Simmons is and how nervous he be when he get to the line. But... I don't know if you plug Bradley Beal into that situation that it could make him make them the number one contenders or, or, or the favorites in the East or nothing like that. But I do think Bradley Beal is a better player than Ben Simmons offensively. I still think Ben is the better defensive player. And I do agree that if I had to take one to start off with or something like that, or even if I was feeling I can have one of them, I would want Bradley Beal to pair with Joel Embiid. But the way people talk about it, I don't know if that's going to be the... If they plug him into that hole, I don't know if that's going to be, okay, now we're going to win the championship. You know, I know Joel Embiid get injured a lot, so that could be a reason why they don't. But we, we you know, going to sit there aside for a second and just talk about the addition of Bradley Beal. See, Ben Simmons, he, one thing about him, he always available. Like, he never seems to get hurt that often. He's not missing tons and tons of games. And every time you turn around, no disrespect to Beal, but it seems like Beal is missing a game or two or something like that every time you turn around. So, I don't know. You know, maybe there is a better trade out there. And be honest with you, I know you might be thinking I'm saying that I wouldn't even make that trade, but I probably make that trade too, but I still won't think that they was the favorites coming out of the East. Just like right now, possibly ain't no favorites coming out of the East. But then we jump to uh, Ben Simmons for Diamond Lillard. Lillard has made it known and made it clear that he don't plan on leaving Portland. Portland is home to him. Portland is where he want to be. Portland is where he want to stay. So I think, you know, anything is possible, like they always say. And, you know, they can say you never say never. But I think they can get that thought out of their head. I don't see Chauncey Billups in the Portland Trailblazer organization ever putting Damian Lillard up for grabs. And if they did, 
I wouldn't trade Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons. Like, that trade makes no sense for Portland. That don't make you better because you go from a guy who could give you 30, 40, 50 points at any time to a guy who could just potentially stop somebody from giving you 30, 40, 50 points at any time, and he could give you somewhere between 16 to 20. So to me, that, that don't make much sense, right? Especially the, the, the way the, the league is going today. I'd rather have somebody that's going to score a lot of points than that's going to stop somebody from scoring a lot of points. Because no matter what, the teams seem to get over 100 points almost every night. So that's, that's where I'm going with it. Now, I don't see other than Kyrie Irving, I would agree with Damian Lillard if he wasn't already saying that he doesn't want to go anywhere. I would agree that you put Damian in Philly with Joel Embiid and say Seth Curry bagging him up. I don't know if they'll trade Seth Curry or not, but Seth Curry bagging him up with Tyrese Maxey and, and um, Tobias Harris. And I do think personally that that would be a nice team. That would be a team that's fit as long as Joel and B stay healthy to be the uh, number one contender or the favorites to come out the East. That's that's what I that's what I feel. Because if you pay attention, right, like Milwaukee, even though they're the champions in a lot of, I don't think this whole NBA season has a title favorite at all. Because we. We all have said that Brooklyn was the title favorite. Well, I never said it. I always thought it was Milwaukee. Like, last year I picked Milwaukee. This year I was picking Milwaukee. But I did think the additions that the Lakers made, no matter how old they were, you know, because I thought that they was going to be able to take minutes away from each other so they wouldn't have to play so many minutes, which would help keep them healthy. So I did think they'll have to they'll take minutes away from each other to keep each other healthy or whatnot. But so far it hasn't worked out. And you know, I know anytime you put a whole bunch of players on a team together and you only have about three or four players left over, so you might have made like nine or ten new additions, that's gonna take time. And so we'll focus on it when it happens, but we just going by right now. To me, Brooklyn and the net, I mean, Brooklyn and the Lakers, the two teams that most people has picked to come up out of their respective conferences, they ain't looking like no world beaters. They not looking like world beaters. Not to me, anyway. So, I look at that, and I'm really wondering, and I'm asking myself, like, who are the favorites? Who are the favorites in each conference? And for the first time in a very long time, I could potentially say, I have no idea. Because if you go back and you just pay attention, we can start in the West. You, we, Like I said, the Lakers was the team that I was hearing the most. They not looking like world beaters. You got Phoenix who just come from the NBA Finals. Everybody say the same thing that it was possibly lucky because... I personally don't think they would have beat the Lakers if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt and LeBron James was able to move on his ankle like he was supposed to. 
they played Denver in the second round and they beat Denver without Jamal Murray. They played the Clippers in the third round and they beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. And then they played the Bucks in the in the uh, championship and they lost to the Bucks even after everybody thought that the Greek freak had dislocated his knee or something like that. He ended up playing anyway. And the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Phoenix Suns. So you look at that shit and you just ask yourself the question like, would they have really made it all the way through if one of these teams would have had their best player or their second best player? And in Jamal Murray case, I think he's the second best player on Denver. So would, would they have made it through all the way to the final? I don't think so. So you can't automatically say because they went to the finals last year that they going to make it back. Then we got the Denver Nuggets. We don't know when Jamal Murray going to come back, you know, Joker, you know, he gonna do his his part. So, but Jamal Murray is a big piece to be missing, and what he gonna look like. And the same thing goes with Golden State. You know, they've been looking pretty decent the first few games of the season, but without Clay, they ain't no world beaters either. And when Clay do come back, he done missed the last two seasons, so we don't know if he do come back, if he gonna be that Clay or 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 if he gonna be none lost. You know, lost it a little bit. So with that said, we don't know about Golden State. You got Utah. Sometimes I be wanting to ride with Utah, but Utah is a big letdown. Like you, you can't look at Utah and just say, "Man, that's a good team." Because it is. It's a good team, but they're a good regular season team. Because last year they had, they had the Clippers down 2-0. Kawhi get hurt. In the fourth game, but they end up tying it two to two. And then when Kawhi get hurt, the Jazz had the Clippers down in game five by 25, 26 points. The Clippers come all the way back to win that game, and then the Clippers put them out in game six. And this was without Kawhi Leonard. So the year before, if, if I'm not mistaken, the year before, they had a 3-1 lead up on Denver, and they choked that away. So they either choke artists or the postseason just make them nervous. Who knows? I don't know. And they got one of my favorite players in Mike Conley over there, you know, former Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to always have Mike Conley in the hearts of the Grizzlies, but I don't know what's going on over there. And then uh, after Utah, we got Portland. And at a certain time, I think Portland going to have to realize that Maybe it's time to make some trades for the simple fact that you've been beating this dead horse for the last three, four, five years, and it ain't getting you nowhere. You made it to the Western Conference Final once. You got swept. You made it to the playoffs another time. You got swept in the first round. So you've been swept two of the last five years. Maybe it's time. It's time. Like, I'm not saying that you need to get rid of CJ or Dane, but maybe it's time to package some players to go get another package of players. That's all I'm saying. And then we're going to jump to the Clippers and they looking like they're going to be at the bottom of the Western Conference without Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard is supposed to be coming back after All-Star break. The only good part about Kawhi Leonard um, not being there, I mean coming back after All-Star break, potentially which 
we all know it's a possibility that that's not gonna happen. But the only good part about that, the way the the, the NBA season going, they might be at the bottom. They still might be five or six games away from the eighth seed. Or she probably away from the third or fourth seed, the way it's going, because it ain't many teams just really winning, winning, winning like that. So bringing Kawhi Leonard back might help, but the way they look right now, they are trash, trash. And Paul George is looking pretty decent, like he always does in the regular season, but that's not being enough. So that's another problem that they have. Then you got my Grizzlies, like, John Moran on another level. Looking like he trying to buy for that MVP. But we have beat, you know, we, we lost to the Lakers by, I want to say, three. Gave them a, a, a big-time scare. We beat the Warriors. We beat the Clippers, which beating the Clippers ain't nothing to brag about. But we have beat a few teams. But we played Miami last night, and they kind of throttled us. So with my grid, it's hard for me to pick against them. So, like, I, I never would pick against them. So sometimes I probably just wouldn't pick that game because I would never pick against my team. But with a good team like Miami, you know, like last night, because of the way Miami did Brooklyn and, and, and other teams that they had played so far last night, I was like, okay, this is a test for us. And um, we failed the test. That's all I'm going to say about that. We just failed the test because I was really expecting more out of us. I was expecting us to come in and, and, and give it a you know what I'm saying like give it a big time fight we just failed the test and the Spurs beat the Bucks yesterday but I don't expect the Spurs to even attempt to make the playoff this year and I could be wrong I could be wrong but in my opinion I don't see them making the playoffs so that's the Spurs and they didn't make it last year so they, they really not a threat that you looking at in the playoffs and thinking that they going anywhere. And you right now you got Minnesota and Sacramento as two other teams that didn't make the playoff last year that's in the playoff race this year. And Minnesota has been looking Sacramento has been looking pretty decent too, but Minnesota is the team that's been surprising me so far through these first five or six games. And you know, like I said it is early, so it's still got time for them to turn back into Minnesota. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns does get injured a lot himself. And then, you know, last team I talk about in the in the West is New Orleans without Zion Williamson, which I don't know what to say about that. The only thing I will say is I'm happy that New Orleans had the first pick and my Grilla had the second pick and we got John Moran. And then in the East, in the East, New York is the number one seed right now. But who who to say if New York finished this year as the number one overall seed and Milwaukee is the eighth seed right now? Who's picking New York to be Milwaukee? I don't think nobody gonna pick New York to be Milwaukee. And that's my point. Like the East and the West is so open. Right now, Brooklyn is the ninth seed. You got Toronto as the seventh seed, Philly as the sixth seed, Charlotte. The Hornets has been a big surprise to me too, but I love LaMelo Ball, and I think he's the best one out of all the brothers. I love me some LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to be a future all-star, future superstar in this league. You know, he at this point, second year in the NBA, he's already better than what Lonzo Ball 
He's already better now than what Lonzo Ball would ever be or has ever been in his four or five years in the NBA. And that's just in my opinion. So you got Miami number four, Chicago number three, Washington number two. And that goes to say about what I was saying about Bradley Beal. Like Bradley Beal leading his troops. You know, you got Montrez Hurl playing pretty good. You got Kuma, okay. You know, but you look at Kuma and be like, I see why the Lakers trade him. So you got some players over there that you can see why. But tell me when Washington, if Washington finished number two and say Brooklyn finished number seven. Who going to pick uh, Washington over, over Brooklyn? And that's my point. Like, it ain't no world beaters out there. It ain't nobody that you should be afraid of because Kevin Durant and James Harden together, you would think, okay, them both got the, the best duo in the East. But James Harden playing like trash. So it's like you, you look at them and you look at the East and you look at the West and you say, honestly, if you're a fan of the NBA, maybe you pick your team. But as just a fan of the NBA, you also know that nobody, like when Golden State got Kevin Durant, we knew Golden State was coming out of the West every year. When LeBron was in Cleveland, we knew Cleveland was coming out of the East every year. When LeBron was in Miami, we knew Miami was coming out of the East every year. It just was a known fact. And I left one team out to Dallas Mavericks. I don't know. I kind of thought Luka would buy for MVP this year, but Dallas ain't been looking that good. And where they rank right now? Where well, they rank number four in the West, but they ain't been looking too good to me. Like I, I was, I've been expecting more. Like they three and two. Like I said, it's early five games. At least they do got a winning percentage. But I've been expecting more from them. And Chris Dapozinka has been a big letdown for me the last two years but you know we'll, we'll talk about them later I, I didn't come here to really talk about them but I want to jump on James Harden for a few seconds because with with James Harden you know we had discussions about what's wrong with his game or is he ever going to be the same and it was the free throw situation like I was telling y'all because it was at one point where James Harden was four for eight from the field and had like I want to say 28 points and Brooklyn's win over Indiana a couple days ago he was four for eight from the field but he had 28 points now personally and I'm not the only person out here who know how to do math eight times three which is the most amount of points you can get for one shot is 24 Right, but he was four for eight from the field, which means he hadn't made all eight of his shots. So let's do the math again four times three is 12. Right, he had 28. Here's the thing all four of his shots that he made was not threes, okay. Y'all with me, right? So, let's just say three of the shots was threes and one was two. How many points is that? 11, right? We well, had 28 at the time. What that mean? It's 
Mine hit 17 free throws. He attempted more free throws than he did field goals. Way more. And he made way more free throws than he did field goals. And see, my point is, I'm not saying James Harden isn't a great player, isn't a good player. I'm not saying James Harden is a scrub, not a potential Hall of Famer. What I'm saying is, watching that game, and I watched, I didn't watch the whole game, but I watched the first three quarters. James Harden went back to doing his same James Harden moves. The only difference is, for some reason, these three refs decided that's the way James Harden played. So we gonna give James Harden his James Harden calls. But if the NBA cracking down on it, like you got Trey Young complaining because he's not getting his calls, Steph Curry not getting those calls that he used to get. But James Harden, who wasn't getting his calls through the first five games, has reverted back to getting his calls in game number six. I wonder, is it something like the NBA saw the way James Harden was looking without the calls and they gave him back? If these rep referees went rogue and decided to give them back on their own? Like, what potentially happened for us to put James Harden back on the map? And what is the NBA? Yeah. Is it good with James Harden as a superstar? Yeah. It's good when we have our superstar playing like superstar. But I never agreed with all the fouls that he got because most of them he initiate on his own. And if I'm not mistaken, if you're the one who initiating the contact, shouldn't there be a foul on you? Like, if you bump me, why do I get charged with the foul? But that's how it goes for James Harden for some reason. And that's why I have always said, James Harden ain't as good as everybody wanna make him out to be in my opinion, like he was a good player, but not as good as we try to make him out to be, just for the simple fact that most of his points comes from the free throw line. Like he gets a lot of points at the free throw line. And so you ask yourself like, so I think one year he averaged 34 points, 35 points, something like that. And he was getting like 11, of them 35 points at the free throw line. He won MVP that year. So you telling me if, say he got four of his points at the free throw line and he scored 24 points everywhere else, there's 28 points, there's no longer 36. Would he have won MVP that year? I doubt it. Because a lot of the games that they won because of his 12 and 13 and 14 free throws and I never forget the guy he played against my Grizzlies and he played terrible. It was like two for two for I like I think it was like two for 15 shooting or something like that, but he had 27 points. Why? Because he made like 23, 24 free throws. So that's my point with the whole thing with James Harden. Like I said, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying James Harden not a good player. Because James Harden is a damn good player. But he's an even better player when he got three other people on the floor with him that's taking up for what he's doing, that's defending what he's doing, that's giving him calls that no other player in the NBA would even come close to getting. And that's my whole point to the whole matter. We got to look at these players for how they play and who they are and what the referee's doing for them.
like the, the referee duty giving him this uh the referees giving him all all these calls and helping him score all these points. It's not something James Harden doing on his own because, and like I just said, in my opinion, if they called the game how the game is supposed to be called, I see several, and I mean several instances where I was like, that's a foul on Harden. And no, not defensively, offensively. Because it's a lot of times where he just drive right into you and he push off with his arm. But the referees don't call it. I don't know why. Is it because they have got used to James Harden doing the push out? And it's not fair for you to tell me that it's okay for James Harden to do the push out. But if somebody else did the push out, you call offensive foul on them. Or if James Harden push a player out and he makes a look or throw his head back or something like that. And the referees see that and they want to, like you, they don't want you around James Harden. It's like he royalty or something. Like, you kind of understand that for, and I'm going to jump to another sport, a player like Tom Brady, but you can't do that for James Harden, who, if we going, if we want to be honest about the situation, what has he really done? He's never won anything. He has never won anything. So if he never won anything, right? Never won anything. Scoring titles, stuff like that, a lot of games in the regular season. But he always frees up in the playoff, and he never won anything. Why is we making rules up that benefits James Harden? Like, what has he done to deserve that? And like I said, I'm not here to bash James Harden as a player or say James Harden not a good player. I'm just saying that if we call this game fair, James Harden took round 18 free throws. I think Durant had like, I mean, yeah, somewhere between 18 to 20 free throws. I think Durant had somewhere around 11 to 12. That was 30 as a team. I don't think Indiana came close to taking 30 free throws. I mean, there's 30 as two players. I don't think Indiana came close to taking 30 free throws as a team. And Brooklyn did win that game by like five or six points. And that's my point about this whole thing. But personally, I think the NBA knows that they need Brooklyn to contend. It's a New York team. The Knicks contending. They need the Lakers to contend. And I'm not going to say the Clippers because the Clippers ain't really never contended for shit until they got Kawhi. And I know you might say they was pretty good when they got CP3 and, and had DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, but I don't personally count that for nothing because they didn't do nothing. They was a big disappointment, so I don't think they contended even then. But... You got my opinion on the NBA. You ride with Fat Boy Spike. I'm out of here.